Hello and welcome to Squeeze in English. It's about educating, not just learning. Episode 7. Immersion 101. The theory. In episode 2, we outlined the word immersion. The moment of being completely involved in something. Today I want to explore the word more profoundly. What does an immersion mean to English studying? Can I apply it even if I don't live in an English-speaking country? Many people, including myself, move into an English-speaking country hoping this will finally solve their problems with English. Yeah, it definitely can, but not always. Some decisions you make can just totally screw up these expectations. And now we are getting to the immersion. If you remember the story I told you in episode 1, you know what I mean. In a nutshell. You love American sitcoms, you watch that every day, and suddenly you are in an environment with a slightly different accent, like I was in Scotland, for example. Well, you can still read and speak with locals, but you might miss the huge part, and that's actually understanding them, the exciting cultural exchange. Second, and even worse scenario, is to be totally surrounded by people of your native language. And this, unfortunately, I also did for some time. Anyways, in both cases, you are missing the chance of a full immersion. Immersion means to live the language. To cook, to do dishes, speak, think, and even dream in the language. Let's shortly start with a possibly worst case scenario of an English student who studies or works in any English-speaking country. Our fictional character, let's call him an anti-hero, wakes up, checks out social media, which is a terrible thing to do in the morning anyway, as we mentioned in previous episodes about sleep. Then he goes to the kitchen where this guy chat with a person from the same country, of the same language. Then he goes by bus for some time, listening to news from his country. After that, this guy attends some lectures at school and hopefully stay awake to get at least a little bit of English. If this person is lucky enough 
to work with customers, then he repeats the same phrase over and over again. And that's my experience of working in gastronomy, by the way. Hello, how are you? How can I help you? Thank you. Have a nice day. Goodbye. You will master a couple of phrases like that, some small talk maybe, but that won't really help you to your progress. So after all that, in the evening, back in this, let's call it one language environment apartment, all the people from the place, they chat a little about the day and when the day is done, he checks out again some posts from his family members from his native country. Friday evening, this, as we said, anti-hero might uh, hang out at a local bar playing music of his country or visits restaurants serving cuisine of his country. I mean, it's tempting to do so. There is a homesick when you live abroad. And it's natural to share and have a lot of fun with your fellow citizens. Multicultural cities where I lived, London and Toronto, are wonderful, but they also have this downside. So many people from your country. So, overally, how much time of English did our anti-hero get? Well, basically zero, I think. Maybe he just glanced at some banners on the street, overheard some conversations, but without paying attention to them because he was listening to popular singer of his country, of course. And maybe he managed to understand what reduced price or discount means at the supermarket. So I think it's a totally lost opportunity to immerse and take advantage of being in an English-speaking country. But now let's take a look at the best case scenario. Our fictional character, a hero in this case, wakes up and shares breakfast with other foreigners in the apartment from various countries because he prefers to share an apartment with people from foreign countries or even better with locals and native speakers. Then he checks out what's going on in his current city in form of the news or a local TV channel. On the way to work or school, he starts a conversation with a stranger to practice speaking and listening to the local accent. Or at least he listens to a local radio show for a while. This hero got a better paid job 
because the level of English had been already better. He'd been studying before. Additionally, now he has a chance to communicate in English all shift and not only repeating a couple of easy phrases like if he worked at a restaurant. Living in a cosmopolitan city, he loves exploring other cultures and their people. Apart from everyday news, the hero also gets some textbook to dive into grammar at weekends. Of course, he calls home to speak with his parents and family, but he calls home just once a week, just for a one hour, because he doesn't want to interrupt the English flow. So now, after these two examples, honestly, as we will see many times throughout this podcast, both cases are a bit exaggerated. There is never strict A or B, good or bad, rich and poor, and any other uh, extremes. But which one do you think will return to a home country with a better level of English, higher confidence, and greater overall cultural experience? I think we all agree that the hero, for sure. Both the hero and the anti-hero were lucky enough to have this experience in English-speaking country. Most students just stay in their home countries for any understandable reasons. But think back about the hero. Repeat the story I told you about him. Are there any moments in his day that I could apply to my everyday English studying? Can the internet substitute this real-life experience? And finally, can I really practice all the channels such as reading, listening, visual aspects, and mostly speaking to get this total immersion? Yes, yes, I believe. So next episodes, we are gonna discuss best tips to immerse at home as much as possible. All the tricks are super simple and they aren't time consuming. It's just about making some tiny changes and creating new habits in your life. And most importantly, it's about stepping out of the comfort zone a little bit. So do you have any of these experiences? Have you ever felt homesick when you lived abroad? Let me know in the comments. If you like the podcast, please share, like, subscribe, etc. Have a great day. Thanks. Today's vocabulary. To outline. To show or say something without uh, any details. Mm -hmm.
to screw up. To screw up a situation in which you do something badly or make a big mistake. It's an informal phrasal verb. In a nutshell, to say something briefly or shortly. Slightly, a little. Worst case scenario and the best case scenario. The most unpleasant or serious thing or the best thing that could happen in a situation. It's a very common phrase regarding to this COVID situation, by the way. Everybody is predicting the worst and best case scenarios. A small talk. Conversation about things that are not so important. For example, weather, sport, maybe family. It's often between people who don't know each other very well. You can also call it informally a chit-chat. To hang out. It's an informal phrasal verb and it means to spend a lot of time in a place or with someone. And it can be, for example, just having a coffee, play board games. But it can end up by singing karaoke at a party at 5 a.m. Everything is to hang out. Tempting. It comes from a noun, temptation. And it's something you, you want to have, like a delicious cake, for example, can be tempting. Homesick. It's a feeling of sadness because you miss your hometown, your home country. You can miss some specific things, uh, you can miss some people. A downside, a disadvantage of a situation. Exaggerated. Something that seems larger, more important, better or worse than it really is. A comfort zone. A situation in which you feel comfortable, but it can be a bit boring and stagnating and you don't really grow as a person.